You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline Church and also the president of MyXP, a ministry where we provide remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. So today we are going to finish up a three-part conversation uh, where we've been trying to uh, slow down to take stock of what's happened over the past 12 months. Mm-hmm. And uh, so before we get to that, I mean, thankfully, today we're going to talk a little bit about where do we go from here, thinking about everything we have been through, where we are right now. Thank God things little by little appear to be returning to quote unquote normal, which Mm -hmm. is encouraging. So just what should we be thinking about? What should we be prioritizing and leaning into? Yeah. And so before that, as you think about things that that are slowly, like you got, you were able to get a uh, first shot of your vaccine. Yep. I'm double dosed, so I'm all good right. to go. I'm You're li- fully I'm just, up. Yeah, I'm licking handrails in public and doing all kinds of fun <laughs> cool. stuff. But uh, so what, when you think about returning to normal, which uh, I know everyone's thinking and talking a lot about, what are you most excited about? being able to have back, do again, or get back to? So many things. So many things. (laughs) Uh, I mean, so I think one of the things I'm really excited about is just the ability to travel and do fun stuff again. Uh, I think that uh, that's all-encompassing. For me particularly, it's, you know, all things Disney World. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really excited about that. And we've got a trip coming up. Um, I think just... A couple of regular things. Uh, one, I have always loved going to see movies in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I know that that seems to have forever changed. But I also feel like there'll be a place for theaters, not probably quite as many, but mm-hmm. a place for theaters to show movies on the same day. And I don't know, sometimes I'll go to them here and sometimes I'll go to them there. And whether or not there's enough revenue from that to like make it sustainable. Right. Again, I don't think it's going to be sustainable for all theaters, but even this thing where they've come out and done that like private movie thing mm-hmm. for like a reasonable cost, it used to be astronomical and you'd have to like figure out the Rubik's cube of how to arrange one. And now it's like very reasonable yeah. and not insane. And so, yeah. So I think uh, being able to just do stuff like that, I'm really excited about yeah. travel. And then of course, whenever, if it happens, no uh-huh. masks, because yeah. I have not been able to wear my glasses regularly. Yeah. Since it is a, I, I will say it is a, I've had to run to the grocery store, like first thing, like early in the morning, a couple yeah. times and I haven't put my contacts in yet. Yeah. And so, cause by and large, I don't wear my glasses except at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a miserable, masks are a miserable experience if you wear glasses. Absolutely, yeah. It's totally I mean, different. It fogs up immediately. Yeah. And I have gotten all the sprays. I got like something that's meant for like scuba divers. Yeah. Uh, even I even ordered working. specific lenses that claimed to have a coating. I think it worked for like two breaths mm-hmm. and then not even one more time. Yeah. So it's done. How about you? Travel's my big one for sure. I really do miss that. And I don't think I realized until this how much of a like energy injection I found going, whether it was like a conference or work trip that we were going on or some Mm -hmm. retreat we were doing or family travel for fun, like 
just the the breaking up of the monotony and the norm sure. is very life giving. Yep. Um. So and then I think the little thing, honestly, is, um, like when I think about like Sunday mornings and uh-huh. I stand out front and right now you check people in inside and I greet <laughs> yeah. people outside and. But like just being able to shake hands and hug people without, which I know that sounds like very like, oh, what a stupid pastor thing to say. But I am (laughs) just so tired of like, it is freaking awkward to have someone walk up to you, even a brand new person. And to just like stand with your hands in your pockets and be like, hello, now go inside. Sure. It's just weird. You don't know how to leave any event either. You just like. Just. Just go. (laughs) This is, there's no like, you can't even, it's not even like, I'm done speaking words to you now. Right. I will, you just walk away. I just want to look at people, the end, (laughs) and just leave. Yep. Oh, gosh. Well, we have, um, let's just recap where we've been. So we we spent week one just talking about some unique things that have made the last 12 months difficult pastorally. Mm -hmm. Then we had a great conversation with Zach last week um, talking about just, all things involved with mental health and this and some of his experience as a therapist. And then this week we want to shift to actually, rather than looking backwards, which is what we've done the last two weeks to kind of look ahead. Yeah. Like all those things considered everything we've all been through, where do we go from here? So we're thinking largely in terms of like the next six to 12 months, probably by way of priorities and what should we be prioritizing to help heal? Because we can't, undo everything that's happened uh, by any means, but we can heal in the midst of it. And, uh, and there is uh, some work to be done. I think that that is something that has been sobering for me, even as we've been back now for five weeks and we've had percentage wise, we've had a really good return. I'm very, very proud of the way that we've handled it moving forward. And just the more I feel like I'm seeing like, "Ah, there's just a lot of, because our church is two years old. Yeah. Like, and one of those was COVID years. <laughs> right. There's just so much to like basically rebuild. And, uh, and that's going to take a lot of work. And so we're going to talk about some of the things that are necessary today for us to really be able to do that. Sure. And I even think, I mean, you know, our encouragement is to forget what's behind and thinking towards what is ahead. We have to press on. Yeah. And I think that that really is what we're talking yep. about. And it's not, uh, you know, in that verse, it seems like just forget what's behind yeah. and, stri- you know, and you're like, well, yes. Uh-huh. And I think more than anything, the drive and the, the desire to press on. Yeah. We've, we've got to press on because <clears throat> we can't wallow right. in what has been or what is not yet or what will be down the road. It's uh, focused our eyes on what's ahead. Yep. Yep. So we're going to do that. So uh, we got a handful of things that we wrote down. Uh, The first thing that came to mind for me is just the importance, the ongoing importance to continue to face what you're feeling. Mm. Um, Especially because that's been something historically that has not been very natural for me personally. Mm. I'm a stuffer and an ignorer of, of all those things. And as much as in what you're saying that we should press on you're not, I know that you're not saying like, and completely ignore the impact of everything that you experience right. and go through or anything like that. But there's a huge difference between facing what you feel and wallowing totally. in some past you can't change. Yep. Right. So I think really um, continuing to develop the ability to um, um, acknowledge, and I think even before acknowledging, identifying what is it that I'm feeling right now and going through like 
real-time example. How are you feeling in this? You think about this week, today, everything that's gone on. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling in this current uh, season that we're in? I can go first if you're not okay, sure. Okay, go. Yeah, go first. I'm exhausted. Yeah? Yeah. Like on every, mm. on every, I was just walking down the stairs right before we got ready to do this thinking, I am, t- I'm tired on every front. Like, yeah. uh, physically, mm. mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, I just feel like on all, I don't feel like outside of napping, I don't feel like anything has been easy in the last year. And I think as a result of that, it's just been extremely, I just, I'm fried. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I can for sure understand that I'm, I'm trying to think through, I think I would, best describe honestly right now I think I'm pretty distracted I've got like some things going on Uh, I'm working um like on my health in some ways Mm -hmm. that are are, like kind of like own some of my focus Mm -hmm. I've got yeah I've got some uh you know April is like the month of birthdays so you've got uh one of your kids is in April and one's right at the beginning of May we've got some other kids that we know in April mine's in April there's some things kind of so I just yeah, 27 <laughs> years later, folks. It's April 22nd, um, send gifts. Yeah, right. Yeah, please do. But I just think, um, I think that I I do like that, though. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, to me, is even a, uh, like, a demonstration of a little bit of back to normal. Mm-hmm. Because um, I've always got something I'm working on. Yeah. Something I'm planning, something yeah. I'm cooking up. And uh, I've gone through, like, a year of... Um, I, and I did that at the beginning where I just like pushed the plans out, Yeah. but I finally just did a moratorium on all things plan. Mm-hmm. And so, um, just because I got too devastated about all the cancellations. Yeah. And so I finally feel, especially with the CDC's recent release on, uh, just what you can do if you're vaccinated. Right. Uh, good Friday, I get my second vaccination and two weeks after I'm good to go. Yep. And I just feel like, uh, yeah. So I think the best way to describe how I'm doing is I'm distracted in a way that hasn't allowed me to like kind of dwell or think about mm-hmm. how I'm feeling. I don't think in an unhealthy way where I'm like <clears throat> misdirecting it, but yeah. just like, I don't know, I got some stuff going on and sure. can't think about the moment right now. Yeah. Well, my pra- I mean, for anyone that is not sure practically what this looks like, my practice has been for the last year and a half, when I sit with God in the morning, I read scripture and then journaling is really important for me. Mm-hmm. I know journaling doesn't work as well for you, mm-hmm. so it doesn't work for everybody, but if you, but somehow everyone needs to find a mechanism that makes reflection and prayer possible. Sure. So whether that's out loud yeah. or writing, whatever. My thing has been to meditate on scripture, talk to God about what he's shown me that day, and then in, imagine him asking me the question, what are you feeling today? Mm. Um, what's causing you unrest? And yeah. then I talk to him about that. Yeah. And I think that little practice helps build this into what for me is otherwise um, very easy to ignore. Mm. Uh, so if you're looking for a real simple way to experiment with that, I would try that. Awesome. Um, but yeah, but but I think it's super important that as we press into the future that we do continue to face what we're feeling. Sure. I think another thing that uh, is really important 
that especially all ministry leaders, pastors, whatever it might be, uh, do through this season is be really, really open-handed with people. Yeah, this one's hard right now. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, I think what we are seeing in our own church, what I'm seeing in the churches we support, talking to just other pastor friends, there's a ton of movement happening mm-hmm. in church. And so on one end, you feel like, so Sunday comes and maybe you're back open, mm-hmm. but you can actually start tracking, you know, it's no longer YouTube views of like, yeah. who are these 30,000 people who watched <laughs> my service, yeah. but they're actually like butts in the seats. Yeah. And every week we've had a handful of oh, new yeah. families come to our church since we've been reopened. And you think, how in the world, how do you even learn of it? You know, like yeah. who told you these secrets? Yeah. And, um, and so there's that excitement of like, mm-hmm. this is, this is great. I, I mean, I wasn't positive we'd have a church as we reopened. Right. And now we have new people and almost in a very similar clip, people are leaving the yeah. church. You have and, any opinions about what's causing the movement? Yeah, I do. I think, um, so I think a couple of things. I think we have we have like continued to ring this bell, but like in general, people are not well. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, the best way I'm going to say it is no one's playing with a full deck, yeah. but everyone's representing that they are. Yeah. And so um, immediately people are making some like really life-impacting decisions. Like I think where you go to church is life-impacting. So mm-hmm. you're making life-impacting decisions. In a very in, emotional state yeah, for one thing. In, in a season you just shouldn't. Yeah. You just need to like Chill. zip. Yeah. And just chill for a yeah. bit. Um, so I think there's that. I also think uh, one of the things that has been unique to this recent season is that pastors have had to communicate, uh, sometimes from the pulpit, mm-hmm. other times just their own personal mm-hmm. things on social media and things like that. Um uh, they've had to wade into waters that maybe before would have never been addressed. So how you think about vaccines or what you <laughs> yeah. believe about masks or uh, your uh, stance on racial issues mm-hmm. or political issues. or uh, There's just so many things that pastors previously probably felt. I don't know that so much of what has transpired has changed Mm -hmm. your inclination, Mm -hmm. but your inclinations have become more public in Mm -hmm. a way that people in your church know where you stand on things differently than they would have ever had the privy to know Mm -hmm. in the past. And I think as a result, you know what I have, what has just been further like solidified in my mind? What's that? The fact that Christians cannot disagree. Yeah. Like it just, I mean, even some of the people who have made the decision to leave our church, Mm What they really should say is, um, I don't like what you said there, so I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And and that's uh, your prerogative because yeah. it's your life. Yeah. I think that what what is more real is to, to work through the fact that uh, a man I respect and who preaches and, and has led me faithfully for whatever period of time has said something I don't agree with, and mm-hmm. I don't have to buy the same T-shirts he has, or mm-hmm. I don't have to uh, po- repost everything or even like on Instagram everything my pastor says. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, yeah, so I really think that uh, people are making – because here's here's the caveat mm-hmm. – Nothing has happened to inform these decisions that are made. Meaning, uh, when you've been online only, and I mean, we we got to go back for a blip and then weren't. But large in part, we were not 
meeting in person for an entire year. Right. And a lot of churches are out there like that. And so I don't even know, like, it, it's not like there was an interaction that rubbed you wrong. Yeah, where there was, like, some sort of relational no. conflict you sinned against me. Exactly. Or any sort of um, week over week, you yeah. know, I'm feeling disconnected from the people in our church. Well, welcome. I'm feeling disconnected from <laughs> I humanity. Still, I still so. have at least one person tell me that every week right now. I'm I just feeling... feel so disconnected. I'm always like... Freaking duck. Well, I mean, by law, you should. (laughs) That's the rules. (laughs) You know, I mean, I just think. And so, yeah, I I really feel like, um, you know, there are people leaving and there are people going. But one of the things I think we can, uh, the tiniest silver lining I'm hopeful on is what we will emerge from this with is a church filled with people even more aligned Mm -hmm. around even some of the, you know, some of the like lesser issues mm-hmm. or some of the non uh, like super theologically driven issues, mm-hmm. some of the more, uh, you know, contemporary issues mm-hmm. or th- things like that. Social, I, cultural. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Stuff. That's, that's what the, yeah. the phrase I'm looking for. And I think that um, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. I, I think that um, having to, for any pastor to have to reveal their thoughts and feelings and be vulnerable in that way. Uh, I can imagine, and I've had countless conversations with pastors that are so discouraged because mm-hmm. what it feels like is a rejection of themselves. Right. It's just, that's our doorbell in the background. It's, it will just ignore them and keep going. Do we think it's someone we need? All so right. to catch everyone up, that was a book from yeah. Amazon. Yeah. So we hit pause, but, yeah. but we're back. We're back. That's yeah. cool. And it was just a book. Nothing important. Yeah. So um, I got. I have. I have one thing I want to add. To, okay. to what you're just saying that I do think is is unique here, and I'm I'm curious to know if this is other people's experience or well or as well. But I feel like there's an interesting phenomenon right now that is different than at any other point that I remember in the last 15 years that I think is due to the isolation of COVID. And that is what has been normative, at least in our experience, is when someone is going to transition out of our church into another one, Mm -hmm. there's usually um, at least a conversation, if not a series of conversations where like when the decision is made, you're almost never surprised by it because it's a process that we have worked through together because, you know. Because hopefully the family language that we use as the family of God is not just lip service. Sure. And that's how families make decisions. Like we talk about stuff. Totally. And what has been uh, very interesting over the past six months as we've seen, I mean, we're talking like we've probably had 10, 12 people in, yeah. in total yeah. leave Ridgeline, something like that in the last six months. And, uh, and by and large, all of those have been, um, there's been no conversation beforehand or even indication. No indication. And then a decision that has been made is declared. Yes. We have made this decision. And uh, and sometimes, I mean, it's been mixed. Like some of it has been like, uh, we don't like your stance on this, or you've said this, and we didn't like that. Some mm-hmm. has just been like, yeah, we're just, we're just going somewhere else. Yeah. And you're like, uh, oh, okay, well, all right. <laughs> but that and is... Seen. Yeah, but that yeah. has been... And so I would just say like... I don't even, I've been really trying to think, I know I have in the past, a lot of pastors, anytime someone leaves, they take it super personally. Yeah. And I think that's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what, like what I feel like I'm trying to learn how to grieve in the midst of all of this is just like, that's kind of crappy. Yeah. 
And that's okay to say that. Yeah. And it is like, it is objectively not a great way to handle something like that to where there is no conversation. There is no communication. There's just, Hey, thanks for everything. We're out. Um, that doesn't feel good. And if, and if you do grieve that as a pastor, that's okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're taking it personally. Uh, to your point a few minutes ago, no one's playing with a full deck and everybody's hurting right now. Yeah. And so I think, uh, I do believe whether or not it's done well, people are doing their best and it's like, it's not a good way to handle it. Right. It does suck and it does hurt. And, and, and it is not the time to go into like war with people. No, (laughs) just be open handed. We just have to like, if you thought we were going to go through a global pandemic and a contentious election and this uprising of all of this social unrest Mm -hmm. and we came out of it unscathed, like that was naive. Absolutely. Like, I don't care who you are, what church you are. Like, Jesus didn't, like, his disciple, he had one disciple betray him. All 11 ran away from him one night. Another one <laughs> denied him. Like, mm-hmm. and he was perfect. Yeah. So the idea that we're going to lead through these seasons and not experience turnover as a result, even if you haven't necessarily done anything wrong, sure, is just naive. Yeah, and uh, I think... Part of what you're commenting on, and I don't mean this in a judgmental way, but I really have a hard time connecting with a decision made like that because genuinely, like you said, like so we are a family. We're the family mm-hmm. of God. Uh, this is a, this is the body, and mm-hmm. and I um, I think what what is hard is the people who communicate in such a way where they focus on, but I just do genuinely care about the relationship, mm-hmm. but. I guess part of me feels like I, I need to like just pause right there and say, I, I'm not sure I can buy that because mm-hmm. because if it's more than a service and it's more than a sermon and it's more than all of these things, which we uh, deeply believe that it is, mm-hmm. what you're actually saying in that situation is that the community and the family that exists at this church is not sufficient for mm-hmm. my needs. Yeah. And I think that... Um, it's impossible to say that without it being personal. Yeah. So to your point, you're not going to survive in ministry if you actually process through the implications of every one of those individually in that way. Yeah. On the other end, that is what's happening. Yeah. And uh, because if it is just a disagreement, well, I don't know, I disagree with, I mean, you and I disagree on all kinds of things. Right. And we just disagree. Yeah. And, uh, and, and are still friends and yeah. all of that. And so I think that. It's just um, a lot. It's just a lot easier and more culturally acceptable to say, I really do care about this relationship. I really do care about this friendship. Sure. Well, but it's not true. Sure. Sometimes. And, and I think that it's not, it, it, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't at all. Right. But you have decided it's not that important. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And ergo, you are removing yourself from right. that relationship. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's challenging, but I do think in order to come out of this on the other side in any way, we just have to be really open-handed with people. To your point, like going toe-to-toe is not right now. Don't mm-hmm. meet multiple times and assemble the body of the elders and mm-hmm. get up in people's business. Like, all right, mm-hmm. I don't know. Because if it doesn't feel like a rational conversation or a rational reason when they tell you, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, more meetings about it aren't going to help that. No, yeah. it's super, super good. Uh, another thing is that we really should work to be intentional with encouragement. Um, I would say, uh, by and large, people are pretty depleted 
And one of the things that comes with being depleted is being discouraged. And so um, I think that it's worth really being intentional about trying to, and I would, I would argue what, through the, what we're teaching from the front, the tone with which we're teaching, I mean, mm-hmm. everything. Like the personal private stuff, you've got some ideas on that. I know you're mm-hmm. super good at that. But I, I mean, from like top to bottom, just really looking at the, the full scope of your ministry going, how can we make, how can we really foster a culture of encouragement right now? Because sure. it really does need to be that pervasive. It's yep. like you can, uh, I don't think you can ever over-encourage, but especially right now, I just don't think that anyone can overdo that at all. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you have to think too, I mean, we every leader, every church has chosen to walk and to lead through this a little bit differently. And there are some people that have chosen to really drive through COVID, which is fascinating to me. I just literally don't know how you've done that. But I guarantee you, if you've been like, I'm going to drive and we're going to, you know, like take back and redeem the pandemic. If you've been one of those people, mm. I promise you, you have a very tired staff yeah. and you have a very tired church mm-hmm. and you have a, probably a very tired soul <laughs> that you're sure. not attending to. Yeah. So what you are really good at kind of personal intentional communication. What are some ideas that you have like by way of just how to means by which to encourage because it's not like not everybody's good at it yeah yeah I mean I think one as you are out and about like just in your regular life look for opportunities to um really uh compliment people Mm -hmm. wherever you go I think that everyone is tired every like we keep saying everyone has gone through this and so even uh, not to be the hero of my own story because it's actually backfired a little bit but uh just yesterday i had gone to a restaurant i like and i pulled up and there was mm-hmm. this guy out in a uniform and he was like wiping down the tables and chairs and as i got up, out of my car he's like hey man how are you doing today welcome thanks so much for i mean super friendly mm-hmm. And then I went in and ordered Mm -hmm. and like got my stuff and came out. And on the way out, he was like, well, thank you so much for coming in. I can't tell you how much it means to us. And like my mind was blown. And so I was pulling away from the place and I actually like put my car in park, looked up the store's phone number and I called and I was like, hey, is there any chance I could talk to a manager or anything like that? Mm -hmm. And the guy on the phone, he's like, well, I'm one of the supervisors. How can I help you? And, And I said, well, I just need you to know, like. Like, I had this experience. It was spectacular. I was so impressed. And and especially, like, when everyone's just kind of feeling blah. Like, it genuinely, like, I thought about it for a long time. It mm-hmm. made my day. Mm-hmm. The challenge was the gentleman informed me, oh, yeah, that's our district manager visiting and auditing our store. He was just out there wiping down the tables. <laughs> So one, core life, you have a great district manager in this area. Yeah. Appreciate now that. Now if we could just see that <laughs> transcend yeah, to I was the rest just like, of the stuff. Ah, yeah. okay. But but my point being, like it's powerful. Anytime you're in one of those situations, like don't let it pass you by. Yeah. Like like I think being in a place as it depends on us to mm-hmm. be encouraging, to be uh, uplifting to people. I think that we are all lacking that. Mm-hmm. We're all lacking that encouragement. We're all lacking that affirmation. And so be someone who's going to like pay it forward and do it differently. Yeah. You know, this is one of those times when we need those like, you know, 200 people long Starbucks lines where somebody paid for the one mm-hmm. behind them or something. Mm-hmm. Like I just think the more we can be uh, those agents of good out in our 
regular life, the mm -hmm. better. Now, back to our context and mm -hmm. ministry, I think uh, some things you can do in ministry. I think uh, there are people on your team and people in your church that have killed themselves to keep things going. Mm -hmm. And so just some ideas, you could send them just a card, mm -hmm. like like a nice card in the mail never is something that someone rejects. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, I do that informed consent thing that the USPS does mm -hmm. where I get like a little image. Mm, and yeah. and when I like check that out, like I think it comes at like 10 a.m. and I don't get home until like five. If there's anything handwritten, I'm like excited. I'm like, totally. what? I mean, there's been a time or two. Thankfully, my office is very near my apartment. Mm -hmm. I've driven home just to see. I'm that I'm I'm that interested in encouragement or anything fun right now that yeah. I'm wondering what could be waiting for me in right. the mail. Uh, so I think there's that. I think sending people a gift card. I think one of the things that we did so uh, at one point through COVID, Uber Eats gift cards were on like super sale at yeah. Costco. And so we bought a bunch of those to be able, because lots of people are ordering in, they're not comfortable going out. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to provide those to people who've had babies or are sick or just as a thank you. And so uh, that's something that we've done. Yep. Um, I think... Um, uh, another thing, another kind of, uh, you know, and I've had some churches ask me, what are some appreciation things we could do? And immediately one of the things that comes up is swag. So a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, a coat, whatever, that sort of thing. Uh, through this season, we've done that a few times. Everyone's been real complimentary. But then we have a team of people who have helped out uniquely through this season. And um, I think we've always just said, like, you know, maybe gotten them something or a coat or something like that. Uh, but uh, we we had this situation where uh, we had a great design mm -hmm. and our designers, um, what I had learned or what I had started noticing about some of these like gift shirts or mm -hmm. gift swag was that you'd give them and really never see them again. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, maybe they're not wearing them to church, but I, you know, we interact with people all the time outside of church and, mm -hmm. and it just never was seen again. Well, in this case, we took the design and what I know is that uh, a screen printer doesn't care what they put the design on. They just care whether or not it's a single design or something multiple. And so right. what we did was we sent out kind of a catalog of options to our team and said, listen, here's what you can choose from. This is a design that's going to go on it, but choose what you want. And so we had hoodies, we had t-shirts, we yeah. had all sorts of different things. And what I know uniquely, people wear this stuff all the time yeah. because they really like what they got and chose. And yeah. so I think that that's a great example. And just like a quick plug, if you're interested in doing some sort of gift like that, I have a great connection that can give a church a really great discounted price on anything apparel, anything you can put your logo on, anything like that. And again, he certainly charges differently. So a hoodie is more expensive than a t-shirt, mm -hmm. but as far as putting the design on it there's not like a crazy setup cost or anything like that because it's the same screen just being applied to a different article of clothing right and i think even that just allows people that individuality and mm -hmm. something that they actually wear because the the point is not that everyone that you send it to is in a uniform the point is that it's a, an appreciation gift that they'd like and most people don't want to be told what to wear they want to choose it themselves yeah. so i think even that is a really great way of uh letting people know that you're appreciative of them all of those kind of things. So in all seriousness, yeah. though, people that want to that want to order apparel and don't yeah. have great connections, yeah. myxp.church is yeah. your website. And go to more info, and there's like a, a whole ordering page. We yeah. offer all kinds of things, but I will tell you, I the likelihood I cannot beat the prices that you're currently getting on apparel, unless you're like dad owns a t-shirt company, He's I'm pretty positive. And yeah. if you're ordering it online ever... 
I'm going to like almost cut it in half. It's shocking what, and it's a guy that I've been doing business with for 15 years. And uh, I don't think we've had a single piece be wrong. And so at any rate, if you're interested, would love to get you plugged into that. Because again, that's a great example of a way to show appreciation, a way that like binds you together as a family, but also allows people to do it in something they're actually going to put on one more time than the, the Sunday you all wear them together. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I think another thing uh, that's really important is uh, doubling down on relationship. I think this goes hand in hand with the encouragement. Uh, But I think that uh, we've talked about this a few times on a few episodes, but really forcing yourself to do what you can do. I think Mm -hmm. one of the luxuries, there are so many luxuries that leaders don't have. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the luxuries that you don't have as a leader of an organization that is built around relationships is to like, Be the one to drag your feet Mm -hmm. on like what you're comfortable doing. And I think really forcing yourself to come to, and if you're one of those people that like just feels like I just need to have the vaccine and I'll feel better, I'm telling you, people are getting the vaccine like crazy. As you look at Facebook, there's more and more pictures of people that don't fit any criteria. And I think states are having more and more. We we got a text message today that some uh, orthopedist yeah, in the area is offering it to anyone who mm-hmm. wants an appointment. I mean, there are going to be more and more things like that pop up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I even, uh, I got a text message from one of the, one of the pastors that we support in Illinois. His name is Ashley. And he said that, uh, he went to the vaccine site and it ran so effectively he couldn't even believe it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they, you know, I know that the beginning was real, challenging mm-hmm. but it does seem like they've started to better. employ techniques and, yep. and all of that and pump people through they my finally called chick-fil-a right exactly yeah uh, my experience uh was very you know i'm going to uh, a pharmacy at a grocery store and they schedule one person every 15 minutes and it only takes about 30 seconds and so i didn't wait at all yep. it was great and mine, so was, I think, mine was a bigger site and uh it was insanely fast and efficient yeah, for sure and so i think Force yourself, whatever it is, and so if that's the thing that's standing in your way, then you know, in, in a lot of in a lot of states, spiritual leaders can get them now. And like I said, I think pretty soon everyone's going to be able to get them anywhere. So yeah. you get it done, and then start leading the charge on some things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I mentioned this earlier, but one of the things that comes to mind right away is that private movie thing. We mm-hmm. actually are going to be able to do that this weekend. There's uh, a group of people who have met, made a significant impact in our ability to continue doing ministry through this season. And, uh, and so, you know, there, the cap is at 20 people. And so maybe your team is bigger. So I don't know, rent a couple of theaters. It's $200. And if there's 20 of you, that's $10 a person. Well, it's $200. If it's a new movie, if it's an old movie, it's a hundred bucks. And I think that's just something you can do together. The theaters, uh, I'm here to tell you theaters seat way more than 20 people. So you can space and tell, you know, your heart's content. I like having my own theater so much. I would almost pay a hundred bucks to see an old movie just by myself. I've just been waiting for the one that like stirs my heart that's for right. that. I, I that is not that is a very especially good if deal. you go with your family yeah i mean crazy. it's real close to 100 bucks <laughs> pre-covid price anyway so i think that's that's an option and it can be done within the app a yeah. lot of people haven't paid attention to this a great kind of thing uh outside gatherings yep. uh i think like we talked about with the vaccine if you're uh i think one of the things to do is actually take stock of who on your team has gotten it because mm-hmm. you might have more i know for our church we have a lot of medical professionals a lot of teachers and our percentage of vaccinated, our church is going to quickly be one of the safest places in America totally, to go yeah. to church. We have achieved herd because, immunity. Because just based on uh, vocation, people have it, let yeah. alone preference. And yeah. so I think make sure you're aware of that. Um, 
because you might be making decisions informed in this like old uh, mental men, mentality mentality yeah. mentology that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, this sounds old like mentality be. and yeah. and cause yourself to pull yourself out of your current circumstances and look at just real real practically what are the facts. Uh, what has the CDC said can happen? Yeah. And what can we do to be able to invest in relationship? Yeah. I really, I think that this, the whole doubling down on relationship, if we were going to sum all of them up into one thing, I think it's kind of all tied to this. I think that's the thing that has been the most disrupted over the last year. Absolutely. And so that's the thing that really has to be rebuilt. And it's really going to take, I think it's going to take a lot of intentionality and a lot of patience because it is just, it, it is, I, I would say like when I have lunch with someone one-on-one right now, that feels pretty natural and yeah, normal. I'd agree with I that. feel like any kind of even mid-sized small mm-hmm. group thing is ju- it just feels it just feels weird. Why and do you think we're starting with a movie. That's right. Speak? Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> that was very shrewd. Um, but yeah, I just think you need to really be patient with that. And then I I think that this is a real great year to be teaching on relationship from a bunch of different angles. I'm doing a real simple series right now called three words, teaching on love, apologizing and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a series on what we call formative friendship, uh, in a few months. And I just think coming at real all things, and I'm not necessarily talking about do a marriage series and do like, but like the mechanics of healthy relationship, I -hmm. think is something that, I mean, I think what we've seen when it comes to, so much of the polarization that exists, it's a breakdown in relationship. Like Absolutely. We've ju- and I think in the isolation, we've all just gotten so comfortable being crappy at being friends. Sure, totally. And so that has to be rebuilt. Because we all started out with great intent, getting ourselves a Zoom account, doing yeah. game nights on Zoom. Going to have my and, quiet time every morning. Oh, and, man. And it just it really, really came unraveled pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, we did some Zoom stuff. And two weeks in, we had people being like, I can't, I can't this zoom ever again. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think we have to like prime the pump Yeah. and we just have to trust and know that there's going to be some people that start up right away. We've yeah. got people who are already there and good for them. Yep. And then we're going to, they're going to be other people we're going to have to coax because I think uh, lots of people have been able to convince themselves. And I think this is another reason that people are choosing to step out of the communities of people that loved them yeah. is that, you know, you do feel as though maybe I wasn't loved well, but you got to convince yourself that's just untrue. Yep. It's just untrue. And everyone did the, I don't know anyone uh, when I hear how they were or what mm-hmm. they did that I don't feel like, you know what? They did the best they can with the information they had at the time. Yep. I, totally. I, I just don't know anyone who phoned it in. I, I know people who got by and are here to tell the tale and yeah. praise God for that. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, like, especially on that topic of polarization and breakdown in the relationship, I think one thing that we really want to intentionally work toward is to seek to be a healing presence. Um, I think because of how much division there's been both in and outside the church, I just think, uh, I don't think this means that you don't ever speak up about sin. I don't think this means that you don't speak into important issues that you believe deeply in and that are critical. But it has just seemed like <clears throat> so much conflict. Mm-hmm. And um, I really do think, and people might disagree uh, with this, and that's okay. 
well, I mean, they probably won't ever listen again, but <laughs> right. um, I think when it comes to, I think one thing that pastors don't think enough about is, is like pacing. Mm. And if you think about like an IV, there's a reason that when you have to get an IV that it drips mm-hmm. and that it doesn't just like, they don't put a garden hose like up your nose and fill you full of fluids that, that it has to be dr- slow dripped into you. And I think that sometimes um, when pastors get, you know, really riled up about something, I think it happens most often when you become aware for the first time about an issue. Mm. So if you saw the murder of George Floyd and you were like, I had no idea this was going on. Right. And you're in, you're rightfully righteously angry about it, mm-hmm. then you just like, you want to fight that battle tooth and nail. And mm-hmm. the intent behind that and the desire to stand for justice and truth is good and godly. But we also have to be wise about the way that we run after these things. And so I think right now, when we think about how much hardship and conflict and division there's been, I think even as we continue to wade into all of these things, I think to also make it a priority that we want to try to do so in a way that we are a healing presence Absolutely. and not just how do I divide, how do I drive this divide deeper and deeper and deeper and sure. deeper. And it's really hard. It takes a lot of patience. It takes an immense amount of wisdom. And so my advice would be for preachers, teachers, man, pick your punches mm-hmm. and uh, again, like now would be the time. If I were you, I'd be preaching a lot on relationship and about how much God loves people. And mm-hmm. like, you know, there's a time and place to preach on wrath. I'm yeah. I'm not preaching that right now. <laughs> well, and even, I mean, speak to kind of, uh, I was really uh, encouraged, touched, whatever you'll mm-hmm. say, as even like our thoughts around how we're approaching Good Friday uh, mm, differently yeah. than we've done in the past. Yeah, I mean, typically... Our focus on not just ours, but I mean, ours, like Big C Church, our focus is on what Jesus endured for Mm -hmm. us. And this year, in addition to talking about what Jesus did for us, I'm really trying, like the nail we're trying to to drive with our service is why Jesus did that. Right. So I'm still like, and I've done this a few times that I'm preaching Romans 5, 8, um, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the unrighteous. Mm -hmm. And so my focus is on how love drove death. Sure. And so I'm talking about crucifixion, what went into that and that sin is the, is what caused that. But, but even in the midst of that, there is still a way for us to really, to be, to encourage, like we've talked about, to be a healing presence, like we've talked about by emphasizing and, and don't forget, cause I don't, I mean, when I, my, like my early good Friday services were just like, I was, I, I, I'm embarrassed to think back on the way that I preached and led through some of them because mm. I took it as an opportunity to essentially be like a man, a personal manifestation of God's wrath. Mm. That was kind of like where my head was at. Well, we had one that was entitled who killed Jesus. Yeah. And, and the, the big was, idea was you I killed Jesus, <laughs> yeah, which is right. true. It's true. It's not untrue. It's not untrue. But <clears throat> yes, I mean, pushing down on people, the weight of their sin mm. uniquely this year is probably ill-timed. Yeah, I just think people need to have ears to hear. I think mm-hmm. they need to have the to strength to be able to bear up underneath that. And I just think that like, when you really look at, at the way that Jesus was in the gospels, there's just, he was just so good at that. I think Paul mm-hmm. was a freaking ninja about that mm-hmm. and knew how to, you know, the fact that he is as encouraging 
as he is in Corinthians, knowing about what was going on in Corinth is mind boggling. And that he right. thanks them for like praises God for the grace that he sees in them. And most people read that book. They're like, what grace? Sure. But even he, you know, the way that he deals with the way that he writes Philemon is another example of just, he was just like a relational ninja at yeah. really diagnosing where are people at and being able to know how to really steward the tension that people could handle. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I just think now on large scales and small scales is a really important time to really be a healing presence rather than just continuing to drive the cavern further and further wider. Sure. And I think to your point, uh, no one's advocating here that there is a pass on the sinful things that we have done. And maybe it's not the best time to uh, launch your church discipline committee. I think (laughs) both things can be true simultaneously. Also, if you have a church discipline committee, you suck. (laughs) Are we sitting here believing there's no church discipline committees out there? I'm not saying you shouldn't practice church discipline, but if you've got a committee, Uh I just like that. The people in that committee are no fun. No. (laughs) Nah. So, yeah, so I think that's a really good place for us to end Mm -hmm. uh, this entire series of conversations. Thanks again, as always, for listening. It really genuinely does mean a lot to us. Anytime someone reaches out online and says that they have listened, I'm always like, really? I thought only Zach listened. (laughs) But, uh, But we really do appreciate it. So do us a favor, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't, if this is your first episode, hit that subscribe button. If you want to leave us a review, that'd be awesome as well. And then again, uh, all seriousness, we would love to hear from you on social media. So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can hear from me at uh, the same platforms at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. And thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. I like that, short and sweet.